you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Kelsey slot left. He is phenomenal in the red zone. They go the other way, caught for a touchdown. Butker hit a 62-yarder here last year. That was his career long. Tommy Townsend to put it down. And Butker's kick is good. And good by plenty. Second and ten. Three-man rush. A floater caught. And the ball is out. And Kansas City has it. Trent McDuffie knocked it out. There it is, 19 to 19-8, the Kansas City Chiefs over the Denver Broncos on Thursday night football, a game a little bit low on fireworks, but in the end, the home team gets what it wants, a W, and the rest of the world gets what they want, another Sean Payton loss. Dan Hans <laughs> is here in West London uh, in a conference room, pretty bougie conference room. Quite so. Way beyond uh, what we expect or deserve. Uh, that was Mark Sessler, Greg Rosenthal. Um, boys, what, this is, you know, and hello to everybody. Uh, we had our live show last night, and then this game, we, we know how the other half lives here, uh, kicks off after 1 a.m., and uh, I think we all watched it uh, yeah, and live. stayed up, and, and now here we are the following morning uh, talking about it. Chiefs take care of business, and we all feel totally insane right now. <laughs> uh, there is that feeling of uh, adrenaline, I think, after these live shows. We're celebrating. It's a, it's a mad dash to get through the, our day at Sky Sports that we did, and then, and then the live show, and then watching the greatest player I've ever seen play football in um, just another game that happened in this season. But I actually enjoy, I enjoyed being up like the Londoners. I enjoyed it. Yeah, I thought. I mean, we we had, we had a chance to go out a little bit after the show and and celebrate, which which, which is a Mark. What you're wearing like a a peacoat that's like over your shoulders. Yeah, uh, like you're an aristocrat. I am having a scenario <laughs> where it's like 
If I take this off, I'm freezing. But when I wear it, I'm feeling sweaty. You asked out. for them to turn the AC you it's know, like on a little higher. Part, I am not. I, I've not caught up physically. I think the way that some other people around here. You're have. part like aristocrat, I, part vampire, <laughs> and um, I'm here for it. I just didn't expect it. Um, go ahead. No, no I, I, I mean, appreciate you because you <laughs> saved me from my. Uh, I like to watch the football game that was on uh, analysis so far. Well, no, I mean, I it, like it. We rolled right into the game, which was at least you know it wasn't like you have to wake up to try to do it. I I think I, I watched the whole thing, and um, I you said there were no fireworks, Dan. I disagree. It was just flush yeah. with fireworks. That I, wow, I mean, it was I, just a thriller. I it's I'm bummed out watching the Chiefs on offense this year. They just don't have mm. um, Eric Edholm put it well. Actually, he did a nice job on NFL.com with his write up, as he does every week. He's a very good football writer, Eric. And, Maybe better at power rankings than me. I don't know. I do. Whoa! But I think you're about different. It. You bring a different, you know, sort of energy to it. Don't don't no, swat yourself. He's not, down. but he's great yeah. he, in his own way. <laughs> um, but no, he does an excellent job with his write ups, and um, he put it well that they're they're often just stuck in second gear, and it's not an issue where they can't take care of business against the Broncos. But I think I think the stat he had this is only the sixth time ever Patrick Mahomes uh, led an offense that scored less than twenty points, which is first of all insane. Uh, and second, wow. second of all, second of all, um, the way they get bogged down in, in the red zone, that interception that uh, he threw, which was a terrible interception. He was going wild there. Uh, that, you know, cost them uh, three points. It's just like – and the, Kelsey had a big game. Travis Kelsey, uh, who briefly exited in the fourth quarter, uh, but he has a big yardage game with Taylor Swift once again in attendance so you saw good things here but you're still kind of missing that extra like eric said gear that makes them the chiefs that turns a 19-8 game or really a one score game in the fourth quarter into what it should have been which was a typical 35 point chiefs output yeah i mean i I can point to some positives because on the on the preview show or when we previewed this game you were calling for kelsey to re-enter as like the main core thing and I think you we saw that Kelsey can still can still do it and, he, and he's still a core part of this offense nine for 124 right but including a 40 yarder he was pretty pristine and like Isaiah Pacheco I think ran pretty well um Rasheed Rice gives me a little bit of hope um I, I feel like there's this thing going on with the Chiefs though where like when they went for that fake punt I mean they could have just taken command early but that fake punt where they got a little cute and you you know they shift gears and go all up and it's like Noah Gray takes the ball and they try to convert and they don't on fourth and two and I, I feel like I keep watching these Chiefs games where in these short yardage situations Andy Reid gets a little too smart for himself sometimes and they seem to stumble but they're better at like third and seven and third and eights. I agree and the fact that in this one game alone, uh, you saw Travis Kelsey throw a lateral. Mm-hmm. A play after the game that Mahomes said, that's just Kelsey. No, also to they, Noah Gray. It was not a play. That he practices that stuff in practice and that everyone laughs, but he practices enough that he actually does it in the game. <laughs> and it's like the game is moving so slow for Travis Kelsey. He's He and Mahomes are kind of a football genius. I, I enjoy hearing – I heard Tony Gonzalez and Ryan Fitzpatrick talk about it. Like For people to understand that this isn't normal, that he is – changing the routes. And we know that, that he's sort of like making up the routes that he sees like my normal route is not going to work on this play. So I'm just going to change it. And Mahomes is going to understand it and he's going to know what I want to do. But there was a play in this game. And I'll get to your point like that. Reed is throwing all these crazy things like the, the fake field goal. Right. And then there was another Canarius Tony pass 
in the mm-hmm. second half that didn't work at all. But it's partly because their offense isn't explosive and isn't working, and because I think they're kind of trying different things out this early in the season because they view this part of the season as a warm-up. Their, their real season starts in January, and they want to win these games, but they do want to try different things a- as they go along. But Kelsey in this game was so brilliant because there, there was this one play that – and it, Kirk Kerbstreet pointed this out. He missed a lot of stuff. I, I feel like he sometimes tunes out a little bit, but this was a nice job by him. Where Kelsey, in the middle of the route, knows he's not going to be open, and he literally pointed to Mahomes to pass it to – Edwards Alaire, and in a split second, Mahomes passes it to Edwards Alaire, and they pick up 12 yards. I've never heard of, I've never seen a play like that in, in my entire life that like that could be possible. So there is like a level they're operating at that's amazing, but that's the only thing that's keeping this offense, you know, quite good. They're they're a very different offense to your point. They're not explosive at all. They're very low in terms of explosive plays. They were first in the league by far last year, and they're not even in the top 10 this year in passing. But if you look at their DVOA, their efficiency, they are still a top 10 offense. They're like the seventh or eighth best offense in the league. They're just doing it in a very methodical, kind of boring it, way. They feel like last year they, they masked over the loss of Tyreek Hill, and we kind of celebrated the, mm-hmm. the way they did that. But it's not that it's Tyreek Hill this year. You're not going to have him. But they're missing someone that can provide – that kind of explosiveness, get open downfield, stretch the defense. and It's just like they're a bit plotting and drives are breaking down. I think that we talked about it in the in the preview of this game that Kelsey isn't at the same level or he wasn't in before last night that he was last year. And if he's healthy and they kind of find their chemistry and their groove again, I think this could end up being just a bump in the road, which is still early in the season. And he left late for sure. again with the he kind of banged up his ankle right at the right. very end, so we don't know. If and the reason why I'm serious. not panicking, there's kind of a couple ways to look at it, but one of the reasons I'm not panicking is um, because last year, like you said, they did it, and it's like without having Tyree Kill, and it wasn't like they lost. They lost Juju Smith-Schuster, who's just a guy. We'll get to that in a second. Um, Miko Hardman, who can't even get on the field for the Jets. Um they have they're they're just figuring things out. And I think one thing though that seeing Andy Reid make some strange decisions shows maybe a little frustration that they're trying to get things moving in a more explosive direction. Like the the Tony pass that you referenced, like let's not take the ball out of Patrick Mahomes' hands ever. And if okay, if you're gonna fake a field goal, um, you know, again, don't send Patrick Mahomes off the field and try to do a a, a tush push or whatever. Well, he, um, he doesn't sneak. They didn't, don't call Patrick Mahomes so sneak don't since sneak. Four, four years ago. Well, he got injured when they Four when they years ago uh, on Thursday Night Football. It's just an interesting wrinkle that you kind of need to have your quarterback able to do a But sneak kicking two short field point. goals and then also faking a field goal and not getting it just shows you they're not where they need to be. And they, But they're, they have time to work on it. And guess what? For all their struggles, quote-unquote, on offense, like you said, they're still top ten, and they're 5-1. and one. So they're just doing what – uh, a true Super Bowl contender does. They they win as they figure things out. And then well, Bronc, Bronc, go ahead. I was just going to say, like, I mean, it is the best. I think the biggest development is, on paper, it's the best defense of the Reed era. And they've had some okay defense. They've had some good defense that finished in the top 10 in points allowed. But to me, that's why this team is scary. Because I think they're they're winning with defense and somewhat their, their running game and efficient. Like, that is a big difference. Drew Tranquil was fantastic in this game. Nick Bolton had uh, a great interception. Their secondary's been great. Chris Jones is uh, wrecking shop. He, he, they're playing him on the edge quite a bit. Just uh, at each level, this is a legit top 10 defense week after week. And then you think, okay, Patrick Mahomes with the best defense Andy Reid's 
had. And that's that's a long stretch. If you go back to the Alex Smith days, I really think this is it. And so they don't need to be as good in offense. They could maybe win in a different way this year. So on the Denver side of things, it's – and, yeah, what you just said informs in on some level um, the issues they had yesterday is that Casey's defense is better than it's been. Uh, but – and I hate – it did it shouldn't bother me because who cares? And he's a, you know he's a Jets fan too, so I, I don't have an issue with Greenberg. But like, <laughs> you know, he's way misinformed and says that Russell Wilson's worse than ever this season going into this game, and that couldn't be further from the truth. But then this game, he actually I think was part of the problem for the Broncos for the first time this year. He played poorly uh, once again, like what we saw against the Jets, Mark, uh, especially late in that game, just the inability to feel the pass rush, and um, you know, two big turnovers, and in general. Uh, this reminded me a little bit of some of what we were seeing last year under Hackett. I I totally agree, and I mean the, the one of the one of the picks came off a tipped pass. Um, he had three tipped passes in this game. Uh, looked relatively lost to me. I mean, it's just the he has been better, and I think the offense in general has been obviously more organized than a year ago. But they produced 95 passing yards last night, and, and it, like if the Chiefs lack expl- an explosive element. The Broncos, like, they have had a success going up and down the field in other games, but they, they couldn't do it against the Chiefs last night. And, I mean, there is a, the, the one th- there's something going on with this team where I, I feel it's almost like um, Sean Payton, to me, like, from a spiritual angle, like, really kind of cursed the energy around this team with his tirade <laughs> against Nathaniel Hackett because it uncharacteristic of a Sean Payton offense there are things happening that are like, wait a minute, this is looking like elements of last year's team at times. When you're Sean Payton, you call a timeout, right? Russell, with 28 seconds to go before the half, Russell Wilson gets sacked. Then Sean Payton calls another timeout with 22 seconds. They have to punt the ball. The punt goes 27 yards. Mahomes has the ball back on his side of the field. Six-yard pass, a 13-yard scramble, and then right before halftime, you kick a 60-yard field goal to th- go up 13 nothing. That's on Sean Payton. But in need- his defense, he owned up to that, which he rarely does. He did. Does. He did. He said, I, I miscounted the downs, and I gave them a timeout that they should have been taking, which helped allow but, them to get so, those three points. But, when, but one of the biggest issues with Nathaniel Hackett last year was time management, was understanding where you were on the field, was understanding the down situation. And you don't expect that from Sean Payton, but it, last night, I mean – Going up 13 nothing right before half, that's Andy Reid thinking like, wow, we just got a gift. You know, one of the biggest crowd pops in our live show last night, and thank you to everybody that came to the Shaw Theater. It was a great time had by all. One of the biggest pops of the night was, I don't even remember what the context was, but Sean Payton, I think I said something about Sean Payton and, and his struggles, and the place exploded in cheers. <laughs> like, yeah. everyone is seeming to enjoy this guy's uh, humble pie that he's gobbling up Well, we had up eight minutes of the week. show take, they edited from our, our uh, you know, online copy because of uh, where, <laughs> well, that's uh, true uh, an well. avenue that has, we went down. So. Hasn't even got, got up yet. We'll see, but, uh, yeah, then. Don't say too much, Mark. That's all I'll say. We might have to delete you. But we, if just, you come to our live show, if you Mark come to our live show, yes. you get information and special gifts. Wow. Unvarnished. Right. Yes. I mean, he could own up to it, but that's that was an all-time timeout blunder. As uh, Johnny Clock Management over here, <laughs> I was going crazy that Herb Street and Al Michaels didn't even mention it. Uh, didn't even mention not, it. And then, and then I, I said something out about it, and all the Broncos fans, this is a great example of what fa- – what, 
you know, a small segment of every fan base is like, it's not unique to Broncos fans. They all were like, oh, actually, it was the, the broadcast mistake. They actually said it was the broadcast mistake. It wasn't Peyton that made it because That's someone, talk, I love someone it. <laughs> on Twitter somewhere said that it was actually the, like, no, our coach couldn't actually be that big of a dumbass. It, they actually create, it concocted some other reason, and they were all uh, vociferous about, no, actually, you're wrong. You don't understand. That was the mistake. And then after the game, Peyton's like, no, I had a complete brain fart. I totally like, like it. Tom Brady got flamed for days for yet, for not knowing what down it was. And he's the quarterback. That's the head coach. You could say he at least he owned up to it. That's great. I actually can't remember a coach ever losing track of downs and literally stopping the half. He can say whatever he wants about, oh, the Chiefs uh, would have taken the time out there. I don't know that. Who knows? He might have just they knowing Andy Reid, he might have just gone to halftime. He, he, sometimes he lets that happen. He just gave him three points. Nice job by Harrison Bucker, though. Sixty hey, yarder. They might not have like won that. this game. A sixty yarder and a, and a fifty plus to to put and in four field scores. goals. And good job calling that out. Um, and I, again, I love Al Michaels. He's the goat. He's a legend. But you know the boo. That's terrible. That's as bad as Peyton's mistake is not calling that out when you're doing the national telecast. Well, how about in the fourth quarter when Cortland Sutton made one of the catches of the year? I'd say top five catch this year. And it seemed barely aware that it even happened. I mean, Herb Street didn't, didn't barely made a comment about it, that it was a great catch. And certainly they never brought up that it was like suddenly a two-score game. They, they sort of were acting like a oh, one-score game. Right, a one-score game, rather. They were sort of acting like, wow, that was a great, that was a good play. Uh, this is, you know, it's good that they're getting something going late in the game. And right, they after they got the two point conversion, right, right. they didn't seem to like understand, like, actually, this is mm. this is a game here for a second. It's, That's yeah, annoying. It feels like if you were to pick two people that need to be plugged in, whether or not you like right. the matchup or the they were getting bored like, by it. Yeah. They were getting bored. By it. Like, That's been a theme here. But uh, there's also people in their ear. There should be. They need help as well. I mean, right. come on. Anyway. Jason's thinking, hey, those are some of our. Uh, we've got Jason climbing here, helping to produce. Like, those Jason's some, like, oh, those are some of our former coworkers. He's like Be Al's careful. my neighbor in Malibu. I can't, <laughs> I can't say anything. Come on, who can't even get cut kind of. Sorry, um, I, I love it. I, on your Russell Wilson point, though, yes. um, that's two straight games because he stunk in the Jets game too. Overall. Um, I mean, he was under duress. And there's in the, only in been the Jets game. there's only been yeah, but he was bad. He had two or three turnover worthy. I think he had three turnover worthy plays and like no particularly good plays in the Jets game. And this game was a fiasco. You, it was even worse. This the was, fourth down early. That is that was very uh, 2022 Broncos, where it was just like I got I was down with the play. I was down with the decision to go for it because you're against the Chiefs and you have the worst defense in the league. He's flushed out to the right, and he just continues to look and not see anything. It just goes out of bounds. Like, you don't I, see that, that uh, typically no, unless I, a quarterback is really just not playing well and seeing the field. One thing, it's like there is this drumbeat of Peyton openly, you know, critiquing Russell Wilson. A little bit of blame here and there. A little bit of after the game, too. At, yeah. Right? And so it's that's been going on all along. I don't like that situation. I mean, you didn't get it's that. It's happening, I you think. Didn't, well, I, think I, think, I think you're going to move. Russell Wilson's probably going to be moved out of the starting spot. I think. This is what I. This is the closest team I can see to sort of an organic tank, quietly because you move Randy Gregory. Um, I'm not saying Frank Clark's a difference maker, but he's out the door or at some Randy point, Gregory. right? But I mean, they're moving these guys that they brought on to. They spent a lot of money in free agency. It's not going well. Jerry Judy's been on the trade whisper block for a while. We'll I mean, get to Jerry Judy. In a I think the thing is, like the Broncos have 
they out, they're an outlier to have like the number one pick, and Sean Payton Ooh. winds up with the number one quarterback, and then this thing looks like a bad dream, and you start over. But I'm not. I just don't love what Sean Payton's doing with the pieces he has right now. Do they now. have sure. the first round pick? Uh, yes, they, they do. do. Okay, they yep. do. Uh, yeah, uh, entering that touchdown drive where the the Chiefs just kept giving the Broncos the ball back over and over and over, and eventually the, the Broncos finally got something done. Uh, Russell Wilson, midway through the fourth, was 9 for 14 for 57 yards Man. and two touchdowns. And, some, play- and some brutal sacks. So when Broncos fans were tweeting out passer rating earlier this week and comparing him to Patrick Mahomes, that like he had a higher passer rating. Like, passer rating does not count the million terrible sacks Russell Wilson has taken this year and in this game. And that was that first half was as bad as any half or even three quarters of play that he had at any point I don't last know year. About- it, was, it, was, it was one of the worst quarterback games I've seen this year from any quarterback. So, it, like a, a top level quarterback isn't going to have that sort of game. No, period. they were running the ball pretty well too. I don't. Know. I think yeah. the uh, ironically one of the um, criticisms from Peyton in that infamous USA Today article that more hands are dirty than just Russell Wilson's. I don't think that was a inspired uh, play calling game either. I think they had like less than five throws de- 10 yards downfield, or they never tested the defense on any level. And I'm so sick of hearing about Jerry Judy and, and Cortland Sutton on the trade block because these guys don't make plays. I know Sutton had to play late in the game, but it's like, you know, I, I don't know. It's I'm not saying it's not Russell Wilson's fault, but now we're going to start piling on Wilson where it's like, is I feel like he's, he's this whole Denver – it turned to his career as a, a massive fiasco with Hackett in year one and now Peyton playing the fool in year two. I don't know what's going on. There was on. this one little thing that went out on Twitter, too. And, I, you know, I think this happens to coaches sometimes. So it's like I'm not, I'm not trying to just pile on Peyton again, but he got caught on television um, with the screen cap of him holding up the play call sheet, and it basically shows every one of Denver's, like, two-minute plays. Good and, job by our, our uh, friend of the podcast, Josh Norris, was the one who – Norbaum. Yeah. I mean, it's just it's like, you know, I, even with that, is that attention to detail? You got to ha- you can't have that. Sitting no. out there. Well, that, that's that one's, I think, bad. I know, life. but like, but it's still <laughs> that's it's, like it's, he's it's getting still, older and he has to write bigger. It just still so bugs me that like place. that. Like you're, you're, Mark, you wear glasses on our. Uh, Monday I know, but morning, I'm not going to count for that. Right? That right? is too but far. I, you know that what? No, but you know what? I don't put like my diary up on camera for everyone to see. It's you have a diary. No, but if I did, I got some personal information. that You know, it's a state secret. for. We got to we got to move on. We're bloviating. Again, the losers. This uh, was interesting. Sure, this was a good sure game. it was. It was so interesting. Uh, losers of the game: Peyton, Russ, Mahomes, fantasy owners, and Swifties of Minneapolis. Because now there's been four games they got since banged. this happened. Yeah, uh, this relationship became public, and the only game she didn't go to was the Vikings game. Well, I think home games make sense, Kansas City. Although she was in L.A. Uh, <laughs> Greg playing contrary. Yeah, I'm just Greg's analyzing this now. I am, and yeah. then the other one's in New York, so it's like she's got to go to New York. Hour six of podcast. But, but Greg, but if the people, like, all those, she, all, all those Swifties that went and bought Swifty Vikings jerseys, yeah. like no matter, the, job, no matter the logic job. behind it, I think of that, they that got crying tough situation. That crying, or, well, she wasn't crying, but yeah, she looked arm forlorn. And arm. Yeah, like, uh, she was wearing a number eighty-nine Swift jersey. Yeah, uh, Vikings, and she's the only one that didn't have. The woman in the building. Well, how about good Tuffy. job? Good job by by uh, Taylor Swift. There, she was, you know, my LA correspondent, Emika uh, <laughs> Watanabe slash Rosenthal told me Taylor Swift was at the Grove there for her premiere just the day before. So she she's in LA the night before good she gets, she gets to Kansas City. That's what we call good girlfriend work. And then Amazon, yep. you know, I noticed. I think they actually made a specific point to 
emphasized Taylor Swift less than previously. I think they were like, this is, it's gone a little too far. And we're going to show her less. And talk like, we don't need to. Really? We're going to have an awesome offensive performance from Patrick Mahomes <laughs> and a totally plugged in booth. You go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Tired of restless nights? Meet Lisa, the sleep expert. <sighs> Here at Lisa, we know that good sleep is essential for mental, physical, and emotional health. That's why their mattresses are made for exceptional comfort and support, catering to every sleep need. Check out Lisa's Sapira Hybrid Mattress, named best hybrid mattress five years running. Sleep hot? The Chill Collection is built with cool-to-the-touch top fabric and layers of high-density comfort foams, all intended to remove excess body heat while maximizing comfort. With Lisa, getting a new mattress has never been easier. Delivery is free, and you have 100 nights to try out your mattress in the comfort of your home. Don't spend another night dreaming of better sleep. For a limited time, save up to $700 off select mattresses plus two free pillows. Go to lisa.com forward slash iHeart for an additional $50 off mattresses and select goods. That's l-e-e-s-a.com forward slash iHeart. Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details. Hey guys, this is Matt Jones, Drew Franklin from the Fade This Podcast. We got a great episode coming up. Picks in all the sports, football, basketball, we do them all. But here's a preview of this week's episode. Do you think it's more embarrassing to dye your hair or to have hair plugs? I don't think either are embarrassing if you're not trying to conceal it and act like you didn't. Okay, so you think if you just come out and go, I got hair plugs... Yeah, like check out these hair. Pl- I mean, don't just walk around. Hey, tapping. Hey, hey, stranger. I don't want you thinking this is natural. You know, but I mean, <laughs> do you, you have to do that with everyone you meet? Some people try to act like they. Uh, you know what I mean? Yeah, but I mean, like, like John Cena got it. You know, when John Cena came back to wrestling, he had a bald spot, and now he doesn't. Mm-hmm. You think he should be required in all interviews to say, "Look, by the way, I covered up my bald spot." Yeah, I guess it's weird. I mean, you don't wear a sign or like put a sign in your yard, but all right. So, what about toupees? Those are the most obvious. I but let's like. say you're like Bill Self and you can get it to where it looks good. His is magical. I don't even know if his is a toupee. It is. Though. I think he went into the future and had a procedure we haven't even discovered yet. And this episode was brought to you in partnership with DraftKings. To hear more, listen and subscribe to Fade This on iHeartRadio or wherever you listen to podcasts. Um, let's get to the uh, NFL Network side of things. Fascinating uh, discourse. <laughs> Steve Smith, who... We love Steve Smith. Oh, yeah. Like, you know why Steve Smith is is both good on television and, in general, a well-liked guy behind the scenes uh, for NFL media? Because that guy keeps it real. Yeah. He's got he's got a swagger to him. He's got a little bit of a chip on his shoulder. Always has it. Helped make him a Hall of Fame-level receiver. Um, and there was a uh, – how to set this up. Jerry Judy, former first-round pick, um, do I have to tee it up, or is it all I basically he, explained? He explains All right, it. heat between Judy and Steve Smith playing out on live television. 
Rhett, one of the things that I really enjoy working with Steve Smith is the way that I can see these players react to him. We just had it 30 seconds ago. Sky Moore, Chiefs wide receivers, coming by, comes to say hello to Steve. He spends time, time with them before the games, telling them what he likes about their game, giving them little pointers, how they could be better. And these guys grew up watching him, so they soak it up. However, a short while ago, yeah. Broncos wide receiver Jerry Judy was walking by, and Steve called out to him, I and he got a different reaction. I called out to him because I, on my podcast, Cut To It, I just talked about guys that maybe have not um, showed up in a way or in a manner. And so the word that I've used uh, to describe him in the past was a jag, just a guy. And so when I saw him, he's playing well. I wanted to say to him face-to-face, -face, like, hey, I know I said some things in the past I probably shouldn't have, and I'm sorry. That's what I wanted to say to him. His response, Mike Rob and Bucky, was ninja. Ninja? Yes, I'm using the word ninja. That's, I'm just using the word ninja. I don't mess with you. And it was a, it was a curse word. And so I was like, all right, and then he repeated it. So I'll say it again. I'm sorry that I said you were a jag, just a guy who's an average wide receiver that you use a first-round pick on that isn't doing anything. I hope today that you actually show up in a way that you haven't showed up in the last couple of years since they drafted you. Is this all happening right now? It is. Uh, on I, live television? I also say one thing, you have to go watch this clip because Mike Garofolo, who's standing right next to him because they're talking to the studio, so the, look, uh, the looks on Mike Garofolo's face as this story unfolds is, is precious, and we I, love Mike, too. I would, I would like, uh, liken it to when Kanye went on his Katrina rant with Mike Myers next to him. <laughs> That's a great okay. analogy. Go ahead, Clyman. <laughs> so if you ever got a problem with Agent 89, I'm sorry for saying that you're an average wide receiver that they eventually will move on, and when teams call me and asking, should they trade for you, I will say no, don't trade for Jerry Judy because he's mentally unable to handle constructive criticism from people who watch specifically, can he be a wide receiver? He could be a wide receiver. He's a tier three. Go back into the studio. I'm done now. Thank you. Yes! 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 He's, he's pulling his microphone off and just like basically leaving set at that point. He's, and he was furious. And it's, crazy to see that side because we love seeing that side of Steve Smith as a player. We spent a lot of time talking about that side of speed Steve Smith as a player because I saw probably I Chris's favorite NFL player, I would say, in yeah. the history of our podcast. Tyron Matthew would be the other one, uh, but he loved he loved that fire, and now we're getting it as a coworker, and it's so interesting to see because we've gotten to know Steve a little bit, you know, and he's such a nice person to anyone that is nice to him and re respects him but if you cross him you, you he's that you, and i you, would you say, do not want to cross and him. this is one of the gifts uh for steve and really all, certain people like another person says what they're saying there and it comes off as petty and why are you getting making yourself the story but the way uh steve does it here i mean everyone's kind of like on the edge of their seats and just enjoying the theater later i think post game um it was, it was a, later in the pregame. Uh, Judy later, then, okay. I think Judy actually heard, just based on that, he came back over and started yelling towards the NFL Network sideline. James Palmer caught a little bit of that. And then even later in the pregame, Steve Smith talked about it. All right, yeah. here we go. We had some company on that one. You know, I, I don't know if Russ saw Jerry Judy on that. Did, did you well, see him? Listen, this is a time <laughs> for me where when I used to play, I would engage and I love that. But right now, I'm 44 years old. 
I don't need to have this drama, and I also don't need to have any problems on the sideline for me doing something that will jeopardize not just me, but him. And I'll be honest, and I have to say it just like this. One of the biggest problems we have in the media, especially as a young black man, is sometimes black-on-black -black crime. I'm not going to participate in that. I'm not going to engage where the, the national media can see two young African-American men acting like we ain't got no sense. He didn't like what I said. That's fine. I wanted to talk to him. He didn't like it. So we move on. But I'm, I'm one, I'm not going to lose my job. And two, I'm not going to disrespect my family by showing that I have not matured and handle my business the way I should handle my business. We got a flight to catch to London. We got things to do. We ain't got time to be watching a dude do nothing. Back to the job. <laughs> yes, you know what I love about though, because it is fun. There is an element of humor to it, but like it, he is, he's he's got fire inside of him. He's got verbal oh, yeah. fire, and like I, you know, at the Super Bowl when we were in our hotel, he stayed across from me, and you'd be in your room, and you could hear when he's coming in and out of his room. He had some friends and over, and it's like. Steve Smith is just like this complete and total original, but I, I think honestly, like he did try to, to pe bring peace to that situation, and the, he he can say all that because he's Steve Smith, because he was this player that was a different type of wide receiver than we've seen, and you got other players coming up and respecting him, and it's like he's trying to make peace with Jerry Judy. I think Jerry Judy comes out looking like trash here. Wait, what? I do. I do, whoa, man. Like whoa, whoa, whoa. Jerry Judy. Wait, like, but I, I think whoa. M Rob. I thought M Rob had the perfect response to that. His was the first <laughs> response. Was like, I love that. This is like we're having a therapy session live on air, and that was what what that was. Is like a man. We, we've all gotten older, and you, you, you still make the same dumb mistakes and have the same emotional outbursts sometimes, or, or do things that when you were younger. But then you calm down a little bit, and you realize. And Steve Smith. That's why he he brought up his family, respect to his family. Like he doesn't need to be out here doing things that could jeopardize his job <laughs> and his family. And he doesn't need to be having this. So he can be as fiery as you want in the moment. But then afterwards, he can recognize like, OK, maybe I shouldn't have done that. I need to calm this I think down. He, I like that and, Steve Smith did and that. And then but at I, the very end of that, he can point out, you're not going to do anything in this game I anyways. know, because he can't, he's can't. he got that fire and he can't contain it. And I love yeah. it. But I And Jerry Judy's young. And like that, you know. It's a little bit of I'm both. Not, it just that it's not a great I, look I for Jerry Judy. I, I don't think it's. I think I it's unfair to attack Judy. Yeah, I don't. The I, only thing Judy did. I don't think it's a I'm big deal attacking for Judy. Judy. A, it's, not a, it's not a great look. What, he, what's he, not a great look? What did he do? Well, he got flamed. Well, that He didn't there. do anything. Here's what happened. I mean, he, here's what happened, he used Mark. A, he, he used a certain language at Steve Smith. Mark, like here's the, what happened. Steve Smith came went on his podcast and really like denigrated him as a player. And then right. when Steve approached him on the field, he said, I don't want to deal yeah. with you. I don't want to. That's all he that's literally all he did. Yeah. See, right. and that's there why Steve essentially that was an apology at the end. He was saying, like, look, he didn't want to hear me. That's fine. We we move on. That, that's what he was saying there. He was I know he didn't say I'm sorry, but he was saying, like, I should have had my head cooler, too. We don't need to be right. doing this and fighting. And uh, I know it was entertainment. I, I felt yeah. I feel I, <laughs> I love the entertainment value from Steve. But you kind I did feel for Judy a little bit that he didn't have a microphone and, and mm. couldn't really kind of go back. But I wonder. I'm that's sure fair. he was asked after the game. And that's fair. I mean, I just I, I I guess I knowing Steve a little bit like we I, I kind of think he's just super genuine and. He tried to make peace. I mean, it's like you just try. Well, it's we, great. Maybe it's we great, can though. get him on the sideline if we see him on Sunday. He's apparently heading to London. He, apparently. Sounds like and I also like uh, Greg as men of a certain age. He referred to himself as a, a young man. So he's 44. <laughs> that is uh, yeah. a good feeling. That's, um, that's right. In our he looks range, good so. for 44. He, he does. Um, all right. 
good stuff. Any other uh, thoughts, takeaways from the live show? And again, thank you to everybody uh, for coming out. It was a great time, and we don't take it for granted. And, um, you know, we, we talked about Chris at the end of the show, and we also, you know, talked about a little bit right before we went on that sometimes Wes feels far away. Sometimes he feels close. Like the, those live shows, for whatever reason, it's kind of both at the same time. It's just a little bit. It's heavy uh, where it feels like he's kind of with us, but of course he's not. So, um, but still anything that kind of makes you think of Chris. And I feel like for some reason, those live shows, because we're not doing those live shows without the, the Wes's contributions all those years to what we've built here. So, uh, but thank you to everybody for coming out. That was a lot of fun. I'm with you. I can, I, I think like the, before those shows happen, we're back there in the green room and you're kind of like, pacing around and kind of getting your final notes together. And I have so many memories of kind of Wes in those moments. And there was one time when he had a couple beers before the show and we got a fiery Wes and it was, I think it was our first live show, <laughs> but we always, always as a group, you know, for all our like ups and downs and stuff. And um, that I think sometimes our, our, our podcast was overlooked by our company, frankly, for a long period of time. And like to go do the live show where certain people in our company didn't even know we were doing it. It's like, you're still someone's fighting up against the, the rest of the world. Well, on that, this can, thing. that continues. It does. But Wes, Wes was always sort of like defined in that world. And we would always do kind of a group hug before we did it. And we did it last night. And like that, there's someone missing there. There will always be someone missing. Um, but his memory, like I think just vibrates through that room because so many of the people there, Listen to it still because of Wes and because Wes still is a part of our show today. Yeah, we, I, I talked to a few people afterwards who, like so many of our listeners, say how they had these personal interactions on, on Instagram and everything with Wes and, and how Quiche, you know, I mentioned this in the show. I, I don't know if this is going to make the uh, the Sessler cut. We, we At some point, we will release maybe when we're older and no longer working for the NFL, we'll release the Sessler cut. <laughs> of this um, live show, but we're still working on the edit that's going to be cut down. And I think the Q&A just it's not going to play as well. So it was part of the Q&A uh, that that Keish, you know, she mentioned how much that first trip to London meant so much to him because he had just gotten over his first bout with cancer. And it made him realize, like, I've done like we've done something pretty cool in a way that's connected with people that I had no idea. Like this thing I did with my life with this sport that I love, like this is badass and he came home from that trip and that that show especially uh flying and we do too i i love i love um the aftermath of those shows like it, it's it's a great feeling that that all the listeners give to us that when we get to do it so very grateful yes so again thanks to everybody and we will once we can get it's it's really about like libel uh lawsuits <laughs> uh certain comments um <laughs> that need to come out before it goes live but that's all the more reason next time we do a live show to be there in person because it's unvarnished Sessler. I thought I gave, you know, deep reporting information, factoids. But what you is know. Um, Transylvania like this time of year? <laughs> <laughs> Just watched Renfield, actually, up in the room. Oh, really? Yeah. Nice. Very nice. Nicholas Cage, fantastic in it. Let's save that for the Renfield podcast. <laughs> I, I will watch basically any Nicholas Cage movie, but I have not it. seen that. Okay. He's great. All right, good stuff. Uh, next time you hear from us, well, the live show, we believe, will get up at some point. Maybe, maybe not. That'll wait, be a surprise to wait, you and Mark us. wanted to make uh, one, sorry, a big announcement on his lock change, I just remember. Oh, right. Oh, right, that's right. It. Well, no, because, uh, you know, uh, first of all, I don't need this. I wake up and, like, I barely check X anymore slash Twitter, but I'm getting destroyed by people 
saying like, what, you have no guts for taking the Niners over the Browns? It was in the lock zone, and they're like, oh, you got to forget the lock zone. You guys need to like make it three or four points. Yeah, I don't care what anyone <laughs> says. I like It moved yeah, to yeah. 10, and we said all along, if it got out of control, then we change it. I'm, I'm moving my lock to the Lions, so I okay. think they're like well, three and a half or Watson, something like that. Watson uh, has been reported to be out. So, wow, 10 is a big number, but it is going to be P.J. Walker. So I get And I, I was already it. on the record if Watson is scratched from the lineup, and that is troubling that he's out still potentially after the bye week. Um, I was moving in, locking in with uh, the Cincinnati Zoo for the Bengals this weekend. So I will move there unless Watson's on the field. And in that case, I would stay on the Niners. But it's not looking that way, according to a report of someone that is in the past, especially during all the drama, was very plugged in and on board with the Deshaun Watson Express. So, yes, that reporter was not be playing. Um, All right. There you go. And you know what? I don't. I didn't check. I don't care what you say about my locks. I society. am. I. I so, it's like we under the, the three nose. of us know how, what we're doing here, <laughs> among our own little tribe and group. So, um, all right, that's it. Thank you to Kleinman. And uh, does does Al ever swing by uh, at Brentwood like on Thanksgiving? You ever do a little stopover or anything like that? Uh, Al has been known to uh, <laughs> address the persona. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, not B-wood. eating vegetables there though. Is Beewood one of those places like when the sun goes down, it's time to lock the doors and and shut things down? For the people that don't know California, yeah. Something went on there not, not back in nineteen ninety four. Well, if see so. Al, tell, yeah. my, tell him yeah. I miss him on Sunday <laughs> football. Yes, and I'm sure Al has stories about that. Yeah, particular evening in June of ninety four. All right, that's it. Dan Heads is signing off for Quiet Storm, the old boss. Klein Dog, as he's known in Brentwood. <laughs> After dark. Uh, till Sunday. Heat the call. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. 
Good sleep should come naturally, and with the new Natural Hybrid mattress, it can. A collaboration between Lisa and West Elm, the Natural Hybrid is expertly crafted from natural latex, natural wool, and certified safe foams to elevate your sleep sanctuary and support a greener tomorrow. Plus, every purchase helps fuel Lisa's work with shelters and those in need. Don't put off a good night's sleep any longer. Get a Lisa mattress today for a sound sleep tonight. Visit lisa.com slash iHeart. That's l e e s a dot com slash iHeart.